genre. Welcome to the Jane Silent Bob Minute. We are covering the movie Dogma, one minute at a time. Today we are covering Lucky Minute 21, quite possibly the greatest Charlton Heston minute ever. Ah, I'm Jeff Ferry. <laughs> and I'm Chris Derkach. You damn dirty ape. I'm Jim O'Kane from, uh, <laughs> from uh, well, pick, pick one, uh, Apollo 13 Minute, Rocketeer Minute. Uh, uh, yes. Charlton, Charlton Heston Minute. Yeah, Charlton, yeah, Charlton Heston, Heston Minute. Heston. Charlton Heston movie by movie. Uh, you'd, have to, you'd have to do the entire movie uh, narrating it through clenched teeth. That's the, the problem is, like, it's, you just want to start doing impressions. I, and I don't even do a Charlton Heston impression. I do an impression of Ralph Garman doing an impression of Charlton Heston. <laughs> That's who, I think most of your impressions are Ralph Garman impersonations. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because his Charlton Heston is just clenched teeth and ending everything with, ah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll try to get through some of the minute before we just wander <laughs> into complete Heston me. world. <laughs> I was so thinking, if, you, yeah, if you're Jonah, not a fan Jonah of Charlton Heston, this is going to be a rough minute for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip to next week's episode. It'll be fun. Ah. It does start out with um, Metatron with his pissy attitude because she knew what the 10th plague was for the exact reason that everybody knows what the 10th plague is because they saw the Ten Commandments. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, firstborn to Egypt. I know that one. <laughs> and he's like, if it's something in the Charlton Heston movie, everybody comes a theologian. <laughs> Yeah, but he said he was a Metatron, and, and she just gave him a blank stare. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she knew who Metatron was. He was pissed <laughs> off. Listen, to be fair, Metatron not exactly as high profile as a Charlton Heston movie. Really not. Like I didn't know what a Metatron was till I saw this movie. Yeah, no. T- nowadays, she would have been like sitting there with her iPhone, looking at you know, googling everything. Could you spell that again with Metatron? You know, yeah, M E T. And the first time she, he would have definitely said, "I'm the Metatron." He would have said, "She would have been like, you don't look like a transformer." Yeah, and Metatron, Metatron. <laughs> yeah. So, are we all just looking at the IMDb page? Well, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine a world in which two drunken angels are trying to explain whether or not they should kill a bunch of humans on God's orders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but God said, I don't care what God said. Is it right or wrong? Yeah, but if God told it, but I, yeah. Well, and then it, it almost circles back to the whole point of this movie is all of the angel stuff is just based on the one rule that God is infallible. Like, if you start with that is the rule, then everything beyond that must be, yes, if God told you to do it, it is correct. By rule, it just has to be. Yeah, but God, why would God set up a new rule? He said after that happened, after after he uh, after Loki quit, he threw down his sword and said no more. And then God said no more drinking for angels on duty. That's why they have to spit into the glass. So right. it's like, well, God changed his mind. So God changed his mind about that. So was he wrong before letting them drink or what? You well, know? No, I, I assume we fall into uh, basically. I we all become Q from Star Trek of like. Why do you have to think so linearly? Mm. It's just like whenever you don't understand something, they just be like, well, it's too big for your small mind. Yeah. Which is what you have to believe. Otherwise, you're just like, well, it sounds like God was wrong. (laughs) Although I do enjoy the second part of the story when they throw down the fiery sword and give God the finger because that's awesome. (laughs) Like if you're going to go out and get banished, I mean, do it with some gusto. Yeah, and like, now they can't ever drink again, so. Like, 
not even like who would you most want to give the finger to not like the most dangerous person not the person that you're going to give the finger to and they're going to kill you like like who would just be great to give the finger to you <laughs> just like i mean politicians are almost too easy yeah, like yeah, is there just some celebrity easy. where like i would just love to stand in front of this guy while there's a camera there and just flip <laughs> which hopefully doesn't end with you being epically beaten by their security yeah I can't. I, think I can't the, think the, of somebody who I, who I'd really, really love to just give the finger to, though. <laughs> or some some kind of like a metaphorical finger, like you 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 have like a, a copy of uh, Superman, you know, like Superman number one, and you walk into the guy from Pawn Stars, and you let him you know make a bid on it, and then you just like rip the thing into confetti. <laughs> it's like, does that bother you? Does this bother? You? No, because you walk in with it, and he'd be like. Can't go higher than five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. You're like this I, thing's worth a million dollars. Yeah, no. I don't know much about ca- comic books, but I know somebody who does. And then it's like apparently every you know it's like the C- CSI of uh, Las Vegas. They know everything about every every bit yeah. of antiquing, and it's just some guy that run, you know he's he's three, circle, three doors down. Yeah, to circle it back to this almost where they did comic book men with these guys in it. Um, they basically said like, yeah, we found out a lot about those other shows like the Pawn Stars of the World. Of just like not only is the transaction obviously set up ahead of time, but like every part of it is like they already know what's going to get bought and what's not. And they were like on comic book men, they didn't do that. They would literally send the person in, and Walt could buy it or not. It depended on what he wanted to do. Wow. Yeah. And they were like, sometimes he would buy it, sometimes he wouldn't. Sometimes he was like, no, nah, I don't know. And they were like, anytime he asked for like help on it, they knew ahead of time that he probably would have to because he didn't know. But they said that he bought stuff on there that he shouldn't have. <laughs> And, like, a couple times he screwed the customers because he bought stuff for so cheap. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, he didn't know. He was just like, yeah, I guess I'll buy that. And sometimes he'd be like, yeah, I don't know anything about that because, you know, I don't care. I didn't follow the Transformers. So, no, I don't know. I can't buy your Optimus Prime. (laughs) But they were Uh, like, yeah, the difference is if with the comic book men, if you go into that store, like, those guys work there. Where, like, if you went into the Pawn Stars, none of those guys are there. They're not, no, they got cardboard cutouts of them to take pictures with. That's about yeah. it. Yeah, we uh, we live not too far from Waco, and ever since uh, HGTV became a thing, uh, everybody wants to meet Chip and Joanna. And there's a they they bought out <laughs> they bought out most of the failed businesses in downtown Waco and built their little Magnolia Empire. But people, you know, people get out of their cars and they take bus rides down there under the impression that they're going to bump into Chip and Joanna just kind of wandering around in the store. And it's like, they're not there. They're in L.A. making a deal for another series. They don't. <laughs> this is just some little gift shop that, that churns out a little bit of cash for them. But, you know. It, right. It, it, looks, it looks good on TV, though. People, you know, it's, it's important to believe. Well, I mean, that's the important thing is it looks good on TV. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of looking good on on the screen, uh, let's get back. To, let's get back to Heston. Got, <laughs> he's he's all right. The moment um, we've all been waiting for. We're going to talk about Charlton Heston because he gets brought up in this minute. And yeah, we, no, we're, we've, what, in the green room. That's all we were, we were trying not to kill to walk all over each other to try to talk about Charlton Heston, which everyone <laughs> under thirty is like who. Heston, yeah, yeah. No, when when you think when you think Heston, what's the first image that comes into your mind? Who's what? What role is he playing, and where is he? Planet of the Apes for me. Okay, uh, Ben Hur. Okay, yeah. See, I have a I have a whole different uh, uh, barometer on this. I think of him in Airport seventy five as Murdoch, <laughs> leaning out of that helicopter, yelling, "Climb, baby, climb!" And it's just it, that to me is his ultimate role. Is uh, well, because he, he had like. 
like several different like such errors of his thing because you had like the early Hestons, like the biblical epics. But like my seventies Heston would be Earthquake. Oh, Earthquake! Yeah, where he's, and he's got the uh, he's got that little like an ascot. It's it's some kind yeah. of like that weird handkerchief tied around his neck. And he's, for some reason, that movie scared me when I saw it. Ooh, did you see it in Sense Around? <laughs> no, oh. but like just watching it and. It's not a particularly scary movie, not with particularly great effects. But for some reason, you know what I think it was? It was the people when the part of the building collapses. Yeah. And, and they're, they're just like the falling out. And they and go off the steps. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty bad. That's like in uh, that's like Towering Inferno when they're, like, like they're walking up the stairway and then the, the middle part of the stairwell blows out. And you start thinking, gosh, what if I just lost five stories below me? And I can't get out. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, yeah. When when they have to lower uh, his father-in-law, Lauren Green, in the in the office chair, and you yeah. keep thinking, well, if that thing snaps, he's going, he's going to take the plunge there. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty. Ner- I, I mean, I, I don't know what, what your acrophobia is like, but I definitely have a he- uh, heights problem. And uh, yeah, I have a heights problem, which is, uh, you know, increased by being lowered out of friggin' eighty-story windows. <laughs> yeah, on old leather, like the the old canvas uh, fire hoses that are wrapped up in a on a reel in a in a in a stairwell. So Charlton Heston's career spanned from his first credit in 1941 to a credit two years after his death in 2010. So that's the way to do it. Uh, Chris, are you looking at his IMDb right now? I am. Damn. <laughs> I was going to ask you which four, four, four movies you think would be up there. Oh, I, uh, well, I, I mean, I, I definitely thought Soylent Green. It's um, funny because I wouldn't have put Soylent Green up there. I would have definitely gone Ben-Hur, Ten Commandments. They're just too biblically big. Planet of the yeah, Apes. Ten Commandments, I don't know if I would have put Soylent Green at four. No. I don't know what I would put there, though. I guess so. I think Soylent Green is – I feel like it's more famous – I think it's more, more famous from the one line. <laughs> yeah, for the line, it really is more famous for that one line. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not that great a film. I mean, it's it's Edward G. Robinson's last movie, but uh, it's. I saw it. It's, it's very. It's not terrible. It's very okay. Wayne's yeah, World Two was out in there. Wayne's World Two. <laughs> that's a good. That's which a is good scene. Like him. if yeah, if you want a, a cameo that is a great cameo, which is yeah. just like, can we take a better actor in here? And Charlton Heston comes in and gives the same lines, and he starts crying. <laughs> I forget the the exact line, but he was like Green Street. I once knew a girl on Green yeah. Street. Yeah, like, back on Green Street, <laughs> and then he c- cuts back to Mike Myers and he's crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the ultimate if you want if you want total you know like uh, like Heston cranked up to a hundred ten percent. If you ever see the movie Gray Lady Down, it's got so many. There's so many guy characters, you know, these these characters that they all have these jaws and they talk through their teeth. And um, I interviewed Stacy Keach once, who was one of the stars of Great Lady Down. But it's got it's got Heston, it's got David Carradine, Ned Beatty, Ronnie Cox, oh my God. Um, and it's like you know, there's so much testosterone just flowing through that whole movie. They're all, you know, they got like fists on the table. They're like looking at a they're like looking at a chart in the in the map room of a submarine and yelling at each other. It's just. Uh, now I got a gray lady down minute would be worthwhile doing, but but the problem is is that you'd have to have people that actually saw the movie, and there right. aren't that many people that watched it. But uh, great, it was on like back in the eighty was on, it was on like every three hours on uh, HBO. It just uh, kind of constantly cycle. Coming up next, <laughs> a gray lady down again. 
It's funny, you mentioned Stacy Keach. My go-to Stacy Keach is the Titus show where he plays yeah, me too. Christopher Titus. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's what I that's what I interviewed him for. He was he was on that oh, show. Wow. And uh he uh <laughs> it was funny. We were we were having this big interview and he said, Hey, do you know anything about Windows? I'm like when, well, like buying a no, no, no. The the Microsoft Windows. I can't get it started on my computer. So I I had to walk him through uh, doing an update of Windows. Um, oh my god! On his machine. This was back like this was like around two thousand two thousand one. So he, he's sitting there with a CD up uploading this thing, and he's like, I don't, I just don't know why it's not. It's, it's telling me it's two percent full and it's not changing. I said it takes a long time. So we were just chatting on it. He was he was telling me that uh. Uh, usually he doesn't. Uh, if he wears a like a baseball cap or something, he usually never gets recognized. He goes, "I was at the Home Depot the other day. I was like, really? he goes, hey, I was buying a new toilet. And I was like, Stacy Keach buys his own toilet. This is uh, he goes and yeah. gets his own toilet at Home <laughs> yeah, Depot. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, he just he just made me love him more that day. You know, just um, that's a real man. There goes and gets yeah. his own toilet. <laughs> well, he said he was talking to to Titus about after the show was done. And Titus was like, oh, you know, I hope you'd like being on the show and this and that. He's like, dude, he's like, you bought me like another like 15 years of my career. He's like, oh, he because that was, w- yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he, lo- yeah, he yeah. loved it. He loved it. Like, because people got to see another side of me of like that I could do comedy and play like this role. He's like, I got cast in this role again, like five more times after this of playing basically <laughs> the exact same role. Yeah, you know, he's he's. I mean, he's had a whole like a whole Leslie Nielsen experience there because it became you know, and he could do all those. Uh, um, what, what was the the voiceover he used to do for like some kind of mystery show? And it was always like this or that was it was a TV show, but he he would do like fake voiceovers for comedy shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Titus Titus was something. I met him the day. I don't. I'm, I'm sorry, we're going far far afield from this, but. Uh, <laughs> Titus, I when I was, uh, uh, I have a, I have a site called TV Dads. It's about single dads on TV, and so that's that's why I interviewed uh, Stacy Keachwee because he was a single dad on the show. And uh, Titus wrote the show, and uh, I wound up uh, his publicist hooked me up with him. He was doing I was I was living in Virginia at the time, and he was doing all the DC area radio stations. So uh, when I was uh, I, I caught up with him at one of the radio stations, and the radio station wouldn't let me record him in the studio. So we had to we had to go out out in the back behind a dumpster, and I pulled out a I pulled out a record a, a recorder, and I recorded him. He he and his wife, the real life Aaron, you know that Aaron plays Ooh, you know, his ex wife, his ex wife yeah. now, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, he he let me interview him, and and I talked with Aaron too, and. Uh, he was like, I can't believe. He said the last time I was in Washington, I had to do a stand up, and the guy the 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 guy that met me at the airport picked me. It was a, the guy that ran the comedy club, and he had a citation with no front seat. <laughs> and he, he said I, I had to kind of like like lay down on the floor because he didn't have any seats in the car. He said, and now he goes, come here, and he we went around the corner. He goes, look, this is what Fox get, and he had like a he had like a stretch Lincoln. <laughs> he goes, this is moving up in the world, and you know it's like. The show was on maybe uh, ten episodes, and then it, it got it got let go because they uh, he wouldn't take it, the the reason that he got that that the show got canceled was he wouldn't take the notes from the uh, the network telling him no what you need to do is uh, you need to break up with Aaron and you need to do all this and we're going to add more characters and he's like that's not what I want to write about and they go well you're going to do it anyway so he yeah, said no he, find uh, find somebody he, else he talks about it I think he does it in his standup but he definitely does it on his podcast of just like. He's like, yeah, I flipped out. He's like, and I just like screamed at this lady. 
yeah. they were just yeah. he basically said, "Well, put me on the schedule or get rid of us." And he was see they were like, "All right." Bye. He does talk about how stupid he was for doing it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he he had it he had it going, but uh, you know, just a just a nice guy, and uh, he uh, we've we've been we've been back and forth over the years. I mean, I'll, every time he has a stand up around me, we'll, I'll show up and we'll I'll go in the green room and chat. But he's just a he's a real normal guy that ha- like everything that he talks about really happened in his life. That is. He, he when he was five years old, he was uh, his parents were getting a divorce, and the the judge the judge called him into the into the courtroom and said, well, "Who do you want to live with, your mom or your dad?" And he's like, "Well, I'm five. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to be making these kind of decisions." But uh, you know, it's, it's just he's a, just an amazing guy, a brilliant uh, brilliant writer too. I mean, he he does. Everything that he does, he doesn't really. He doesn't believe in improv. He said, "You just gotta, you know, where the funny comes, and if you write it right, you can you can hit it." I mean, I know there's, you know, improv is a big thing, but he he doesn't believe in improv. He believes you can you can sit down and get the whole thing right. Anyway, so somewhere in all this, we were we were talking about Charlton Heston, but um, <laughs> what movie were we doing? I forget what movie we were doing. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's, a com- it's a comedy, right? Yeah. Well, I was trying to go through his later times, like see if. Uh, like what would people? What's the most recent thing somebody was seen? Um, he was in the remake of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An ape, yeah. yeah. As Chris said in the green room, he was in Cats and Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> He's the football commissioner in Any Given Sunday. He did a lot of that at the end of like I'll show up to be the old man who's in charge of something here at the end. Yeah. He did the narration for Armageddon. There's a nice paycheck for nothing. Uh, but that voice—he was, he was the narrator in Hercules, like stuff like that. Like that was all like through the nineties. He would do stuff like that. He was the um, one of my favorite roles of his in his later days was he was the boss in True Lies. Uh, was he? Yeah, oh, he, he's, yeah. He's the boss, the one that's giving him their things. Like this isn't blowing my skirt up, gentlemen. <laughs> and he's just like, but he's the perfect person for that because you're like, this person, I could like if they were like, we're gonna do a prequel about this guy forty years ago. You're like, I would watch that movie. Yeah, of just like crazy adventures he got into because, yeah, if there was that kind of activity forty years ago, that guy would have been involved in it. Yeah, if he which had is, to, uh, I'm if, surprised if, they haven't made True Lies today, and just switch the roles and make Arnold be the guy sitting there and just you know whoever plays the you know friggin' Jason Momoa or The Rock or whoever is the guy out there <laughs> doing it. They will, you know, you know they will. Oh, there is zero chance that that hasn't floated already. I think the problem with that is it's probably a um, oh god, it's probably a James Cameron thing. Yeah. So he's probably like, well, I am too precious about that. I can't let anyone use my stuff. I'm too busy making seventeen Avatar sequels that nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> that movie was so long. <laughs> oh, listen. Oh, we can't get into it. We're not doing it. We're not talking about how long movies are. I cannot handle it with you again. Avatar was three movies. You're like a little old man. I can't watch long movies. And, and no, nobody's done an Avatar movies by minute yet, fortunately. So I just yeah, it's wide open there for somebody to if you want to jump in. Yeah, all the ones that have been done, and nobody's doing that. <laughs> Wonder why? Because it'll take the rest of their life to finish it. Yeah, I mean, I, do you know anybody with the DVD? I can't. I I, I don't know anybody that's actually like <laughs> no, purchased. I, I have not seen Avatar since. I didn't see it in the movies. I saw it when it first came out on DVD, and I was just like, this is the movie that made all that money? <laughs> the ride in Disney World's cool. I mean, I liked it better when it had that uh, 
every color of the wind song in it and it was made by disney (laughs) 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 all right i will i will endeavor to bring us back one last time does anybody have anything else about this minute the only thing that really happened this week was our hero was given her task and And we got a little bit of the backstory that she has to chase down two angels who apparently are kind of assholes otherwise they're going to destroy all of existence no pressure (laughs) And they he does he does mention that uh, they can't they they are forbidden back in heaven so that sets up a story problem for for the end of the movie yes so they, a, they a key are, you know that, that's the thing that you underline when you're talking about well here's what we got to clear up and uh, you you guys fortunately I won't be part of this but you guys will have to clear that up later on in the in the show <laughs> and more than likely we won't remember. <laughs> All right. Nobody has anything else? Uh, Jim, why don't you plug away one last time? All right. Uh, well, actually, I had mentioned uh, – I always talk about my podcast. But, yeah, I do want to mention uh, tvdads.com, which I am currently in the process of moving to a, a new platform. Uh, so it's it's kind of half – it's kind of half – hopefully by the time you're playing this, uh, it will be uh, all fil- populated again with uh, all the different shows. It covers the history of single dads on television, everything from uh, Andy Griffith to um, – Game of Thrones, and uh, all the and I have to warn you now that I've told you about the that single dads on television. You're going to be waking up at about two in the morning, going, "Wait a minute, Sanford and Son, that was a single dad show. What about uh, <laughs> what about Family Affair? It's Uncle Bill. Is he a dad or an uncle? What does that how does that count? Um, so yeah, you can go find there's go go uh, to tvdads.com. You can look up the four rules so you can figure out things like the Mike Brady clause and the Little Buddy Exclusionary Act and all those. I, I have the four basic rules that'll help you figure out whether or not the show you're watching has. A true TV single dad in it. Uh, August 1st, 2021, I'll be celebrating the 25th anniversary of TVDads.com. So, uh, wow. so join us when you get a chance. Lots of uh, lots of new things out there and uh, also working on a podcast in connection with that. But uh, watch the space for more information on that. I don't think the internet's been around for 25 years. It is, but my, my site is older. My site is older than Google. It's, uh, wow. It, and, wow. And, 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 where, and, and where you can see where the financial difference is between me and Google. Just, <laughs> yeah, I, I really should have gone with a search engine instead of uh, tracking what uh, <laughs> what was going on with the uh, uh, different strokes and uh, things like that. And, uh, you know, uh, oh gosh, uh, Land of the Lost. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it, it, I, I didn't. I didn't make a good good choice back at the early days of the internet. But it, I'm around, and Alta Vista isn't. So there, there you have it. <laughs> um, but and, and back in 1997, it was the third most entertaining site on the web, according to Entertainment Weekly. Wow, third? Huh? That's yeah, third. That's oh, no, good. The real question is, what were the two above you? You know, you know. Uh, I no, actually, it's you know, it's <laughs> it's on my it's on my wall, but. Uh, hey, g- give me one second. I'm going to go read what the other two were. Hang, hang on one second. Unfortunately, now the top 1,000 ones are all porn sites. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said one second. Well, he probably like fell down. Seconds. What is he doing? They can't both, find it. They're both gone. One was... Uh, one was one that had uh, on-site TV listings, and it's a it's a it's a site that's long gone. And another one that followed uh, shows, which was uh, it was tracking uh, different television shows that 
uh, where you could watch like reality stuff. But back then, it was things like um, That's Incredible, the, the show had. Oh, wow. And both of those sites are gone. So I guess I've moved up to most entertaining because the other two yeah. are gone. You are now yeah, the most went. entertaining website of 1997. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been on your site, and I think I had the same reaction that you say everyone will have. You look on there, and you're like, well, how many people could there possibly? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, at the time of recording this, uh, there are over 270. Whew. And uh, I think of, at, at, while, while we're recording this, I've only put up the mid 90s and re- redoing the old site. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, and they're ones that you don't, you, you suddenly go, oh yeah, that is like, you know, uh, Johnny Quest or, um, oh, gosh, uh, Hello Larry. You know, there's, there's all these all these shows that you watched and you didn't realize like Dudley Do Right had. Uh, Deli Duray's girlfriend uh, had it, her dad was the inspector, and he was a single dad. So it's like, oh yeah, we're basically and, every show that my daughter watches on Disney Channel now. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. If um, Augie yeah, uh, Doggy and Doggy Daddy, things like that. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, and Alvin does count, by the way. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, even though David, <laughs> even though it, David Seville's children are rodents, he still has to get them to school. Counts. So yeah, he still he still counts. Again, look, there's four rules there. You can learn all about them and just just a warning in advance Mike Brady does not count because of the Mike Brady clause that you must be a single dad for the entire or for the majority of the run of the series so ah, when okay. uh, yeah he, he wasn't a single dad except for the first 20 minutes of episode one um, right and the song and, and that's it yeah and like like Ned Flanders <laughs> after he, when Ned Flanders lost his wife he was a single dad but then you know that's that's not for the majority of the of the run of the Simpsons well it okay. may be by now yeah yeah, yeah it, it could be true he, he might he might be able to get back on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he may have yeah, – I have to check the counter on him, but uh, at the time he was, he was not. So there's all kinds of things going on there. Um, but anyway, yeah, check it out to get a chance. TVDads.com, easy to find. And we are the Jane Silent Bob Minute. We're on DoingJammer.com. Go check out our T Public site. we got a couple new designs up there by the time this comes up. You got anything else, Jeff? Um, Exodus 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. This is what the Lord says. By this you will know what I am the Lord. With this staff that is my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile, and it will be changed into blood. Good times.